Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hi, everybody. On this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, Becky and I are reviewing Morning Wood by Heather Orgeron. Or I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I thought it was Oregon, but then the more I looked, the G's. Not at the oh, end. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, good thing I don't have to say it. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> we all know how good So we I apologize am. for not saying your name right. <laughs> Shoot. I should have put it into, like, um, the Google vocal thing, because it's always so good at giving me pronunciations. <laughs> you want to read Rice. the uh, synopsis from Goodreads? Yes. She's hard up. He's just hard. After an ill-fated one-night stand, Wyatt Landry was the last person I ever expected to see again. By design, mind you, as I spent the last two years avoiding him. He was only ever meant to be a good time. A really good time. And now, thanks to one teensy little mistake, he's back in my life and wielding an entirely different set of tools. It's not like I intentionally hired a bogus contractor to redo our chapel, and Lord knows I never imagined Wyatt would ride up in his pickup truck like a knight in thigh-hugging blue jeans to save the day. But here he is, and it takes and, and to make matters worse, he's every bit as charming as I remember, and before I can fully process his reappearance in my life, he has my six-year-old daughter wrapped around his finger." My parents eating out of the palm of his hand and my best friend shipping us like we're some celebrity couple. Oh, I get it. Shipping us like relationship. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) thankfully working in the death industry, I've mastered the skill of compartmentalization, keeping my growing feelings tucked away should be a piece of cake, except seeing him every day definitely throws a wrench in the plan. Before I know it, we're trading favors for dates, and as much as I don't want to admit uh, admit it, the feelings for him I thought were dead and buried are taking root and growing into something that looks a lot like love. Uh, Daigle Family Funeral Services, don't okay. be caught dead anyplace else. Daigle. Okay. I didn't know how to say the last name. You know? Yeah, I know. That's why I jumped in there. Names I'm not good with. Okay, give us the details. This this was released March 2nd, 2021, so it's pretty new. Um, Tropes are second chance, single parent, steam levels, three out of five, angst, one out of five, because it's very low angst. Yeah, it's a true rom-com. It is. Giggle out loud. Her her blurb, like, she did a great job on this blurb. Yeah, we should talk to her sometime about her blurb writing skills because it's she does on she writes good blurb. She gives good blurb. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> We're full of it tonight. <laughs> There's a hashtag for you. I give good blurb. Um, you know, we come up with the best hashtags. So yeah, we, we do. Um, let's talk about Whitney first. Okay. So Whitney is a single mom who seems like she has an air of confidence about her, but at the same time, she seems kind of a mess in some ways. But she is like, she has some like really deep seated worry and confidence issues. Well, and you and I talked about this a little bit. So I had some problems initially connecting with her. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought she came off a little flippant. 
some of her character growth, you know, I was like, I didn't feel a ton of character growth in this story. She felt kind of one dimensional for me. Um, but then you and I talked about it. She's young. So mm -hmm. she's she got pretty pregnant. She's very young. Yeah. So it was a high school pregnancy. She was 16 when she got pregnant. Um, so this is six years later. So she's 22, 23. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, at 22, 23, I was just getting out of college. And I mean, I was not as put together as she is at that age. Like, right. I still acted like an idiot on a regular basis. And I mean, she has that like sense of immaturity, but like she is of holds a stable job. Yes, granted, it's in a family business, but like she is competent and smart and capable. And that is not an easy job to have. It's not. And it takes a lot of schooling. Now, she's not the mortician. She is no. the director of the funeral home. But I still think, mm -hmm. you know, that she still has to learn the trade, know all the ins and outs. It takes a well, certain and she type does of all person. the makeup for the she does all the makeup for the funeral home also. But I think like there's a maturity in dealing with that type of job and having to deal with that type of situation day in and day out. And maybe that's part of the reason like in her everyday personal life, like her and her best friend are a little more like crazy just because her work life is so serious. Yeah, it is. And, and she can't escape it because she lives in an apartment above the funeral home. So yes. it is constantly there. Her child is being raised in the funeral home just as she was raised in the funeral home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that creates a whole nother layer of, you know, development to the storyline and such mm -hmm. um, for Whitney. So let's talk a little bit about Wyatt. Okay. He, I have him as a true Southern gentleman. He is the stereotypical good guy. Um yes. He dives headfirst into life and just seems to take things as they come. I really love the confidence he had and his attitude towards Pris, uh, Prissy and Whitney. Like he just, every time she tried, Whitney tried to throw up a roadblock, he was like, yeah, get out of my way. Yep. Uh-huh. Well, I loved like, too, like how he was deathly afraid like no pun intended to be in the funeral home and like be around that <clears throat> but he did not let it he didn't let it bother him like he powered through and like prissy which is short for priscilla but she just she gravitated towards him like she just latched onto him and and he latched onto her and they they made this book like a huge like part of it because i loved them together like they were so, well priscilla all on her own and we can talk about her a little bit too before we get into the jits of the story um she has an air of confidence as for a six to seven year old um i think some of that comes from being raised by a single mom but also her mom doesn't talk down to her she doesn't treat no. her like a little kid um i love the scenes between um Whitney's best friend is Katie, correct? I think it's Katie, yes. And their daughter's <clears throat> name is Lucy. And oh. Priscilla calls her Lucifer. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> I was like, like this seven-year-old, this six, seven-year-old is like running from the baby. She doesn't well, want her to. But she like gets so excited to like help her grandfather out, like to embalm. <laughs> like yeah. that is like the highlight of her day. Like 
because that like she was raised in that environment. She's like, I get to do this today. Like I get to help. Yeah. But the but even so, like her grandparents don't treat her like as a a child. I mean, they she's they're still treating her as a child and like teaching her how to be a good person. But like they don't talk down to her. They expect a certain certain um can't think of behavior. the word that I want behavior. behavior. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a tough word. Words are hard sometimes. (laughs) They are. But they expect certain things from her, and she goes above and beyond that. Like, she is a much very mature seven-year-old. And as a parent, like, having a teen mom as a parent, like, that speaks a lot to the way she is raised. Sure. Yeah. Um, She's a quirky little seven-year-old, six, seven-year-old, though. She is very quirky. Um, (laughs) So some of the quirky things about her are, one, she helps her grandfather embalm <laughs> yes to her collection yes she has a collection and it's not your typical collection it's not and um why it totally feeds into the collection he helps add oh, yeah, to he it for her well it- of course he would like because that's what he does like he he encourages her to be herself and i think that's the big thing like he he encourages her to to continue on her on her path of like individuality and being prissy and who cares if anybody likes her and i thought that was amazing too like he was so supportive of like her quirks and so supportive of her individuality and the fact that she wears combat boots and black and she doesn't her denim jackets her leather jacket and Uh uh-huh yeah i thought that was so let's so the premise of the story is why it's moving into town he is related to whitney's best friend's husband they're cousins yes um he's moving back into town and at the same and he's coming back into town um and he's going to start a construction business that's part of Mm -hmm. you know he's ready to try some new things he wants a little distance between him wyatt lost his parents and his younger sister in a car accident when he was 10 or 12 i think he was i i think so i mean it was young enough that he remembers it with great detail so he was raised by his grandparents i think it was his mother's parents i think i believe so yes um so he needs to put a little distance between him and grandma and grandpa so he's moving to this small town where his cousin lives and where whitney lives Mm -hmm. and he's coming um to start a construction business and at the same moment that this is happening whitney has hired a construction firm for a remodel on their funeral chapel and she's been swindled because it's swindled Yes, like they, she gave them all the money in cash, and and they, they are now, did not do any work. They just yeah. said peace out. Now they're no shows. So her between her father and her best friend's husband, they talk to Wyatt, and he agrees to do the remodel on a slow payment payment plan. Um, basically, almost at cost because it'll get his name out because this is a well known family in the town. And it'll help get his name out there for more yeah. construction jobs. For more business, yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of at the, at the same moment that this is all happening. Um, Whitney and Wyatt had a one-night stand together when um, Katie, her best friend, was it was her bachelorette party. They had a one-night stand. They hooked up out back from the bar. 
against a dumpster. <laughs> Super sexy. Um, yeah. And that's two years previous, and she's kind of avoided him like the plague whenever he's come to visit because she is embarrassed and super embarrassed about it because she had just met him and then did him against a dumpster right so they're kind of friends this is a second chance he's always been a little attracted to whitney um he is definitely the force in this relationship she is putting Mm -hmm. up all the resistance um okay so this is truly a rom-com and i don't think we said that in our list of tropes this is a rom-com romance like this is a romance that will have you dying in laughter it is it is funny like so funny like there were moments where i was reading this and my husband would just look at me and be like are you okay i'm like this is okay so really share funny. what is your funniest moment in this book without spoiling the the romance the story of it all oh um when they're filling the urn oh oh the urn oh my god so i had to read that part out loud to my husband um Let's just say it was an irregular shaped, custom personalized, made urn. Personalized. Very, very personalized urn. Yeah. Um, and because of its shape, Whitney needs some help uh, filling it. <laughs> and why it's got to hold the urn while she fills it. I'm dying. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I think my funniest moment, there's, I got two, they're tied early on. Wyatt is sent out with her mother to retrieve a body. Yes. And the, you know, when the, when the body is happening, air is escaping out of orifices in the body. And And, Wyatt and bodies are making noises. Well, first he thought Marie had like let some major fart rip, which he like, and then he hears the gurgling noise that's coming from the body. He freaks out and loses control of the van and runs over like a bunch of mailboxes. And then, and she's like, "Oh, that's normal. Like, it's normal." And nobody's nice to him. They're all like, "You really thought she farted like that?" Multiple times too, because the body kept making the noises. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. And then my other moment, it actually involves Prissy. Prissy has a flying squirrel pet. But her mother does not know she has it. It's a secret between her and her grandfather. They keep it in a cage out in the shed. But Wyatt, she shares it with Wyatt. And Wyatt tells her she should take it and put it back away because there is a funeral happening. However, Prissy Prissy loses loses it. (laughs) It flies into the funeral. Yes. And so then there's chaos trying to catch the flying squirrel. In the middle of a wake. He was so mad. She's like, why are you encouraging this? Well, yeah. And she thought it was his. And he's like, it's your dad's. So he didn't even sell Prissy out. He totally just threw her dad under the bus there. I mean, who wouldn't? (laughs) 
<laughs> but I loved her so parents funny. too, because like they were so supportive of like everything that she did and of Prissy. And even like the flying squirrel incident, her dad was like, Yep, it's mine. Yeah. Like he didn't throw Prissy under the bus either. Nope. I really I did enjoy this story and there there are some ser- serious moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um I do have I do feel like we didn't get enough of Wyatt's of Back. from Wyatt. Like his yeah. backstories, you know, he has a history. Um but I thought that he'd have maybe some more issues with working in a fun- funeral home dealing with death. I kind of thought that maybe that might throw up some more roadblocks for them to be together. Um It just I just thought it would have played a bigger part in the story, but um, it didn't, it didn't take away from the story, but I think it would have added a little more depth to character depth to storyline just had we had that, but really, I mean, do they break up? Do no, they, they don't have that. They don't have no that big, dark moment where like they have a fight and like they break up, like there's up and down and like, she's pushing back a lot, but they're really like, yeah. Aside from the fact that she's trying to avoid him, but not avoiding him because he's like betting on dates and like forcing her to go, basically not forcing her to go on dates, but it's like, if this doesn't happen, you have to go on a date with me. Well, right. But there was no does some big things. Yeah. He does some big things for Prissy and with it, he got to have dinner and he did, you know, some kindness for the mom and dad and they got to go out to eat. And so there were there's really some push and pull in it, but it's, but it's a really good read. And there was never this dark, like heart dropping moment, but Mm -mm. she didn't need it because the story was just that good that it kept moving on. Um, okay. So let's break this down here. Okay. You get to do it because you're in charge. Did you, oh, that's right. I forgot I'm in charge tonight. Did you like this book? You know, I really did. Um, I've been in a bit of a reading funk lately um a lot actually um and this funny steamy read um really got me out of it it really did it i wasn't liking anything that i was reading i was totally grumpy about what we were reading and i read this and it was like and now i've been on a great track so far so um i really liked this did you like this i did i thought it was the perfect blend of funny and steamy and i don't feel like we've gotten that as much recently I feel like I've read really funny books that are kind of like missing the steam or like really steamy books that are kind of missing the funny, like when it's supposed to have both. But I feel like this one, it had the perfect balance of the funny and the steamy. So who would typically like this book? So I have rom-com lovers. Um, This is your book. If you like a rom-com movie, this is your book. If you're a fan of the Pippa Grants, of the Avery Flynn's, this is your book. Um, there's a little bit more steam to it than I would say that Pippa has in hers, but um, I, I really do like this. Um, if you liked the show Pushing Up Daisies, used to be a TV show on HBO years ago. Um, if you liked that show, then you will love this book. Um, I can't, I mean, honestly, like, the back and forth was very pushing yeah. up daisies. Uh, what about you? Did uh, Who would typically like this book? Um, 
fans of sassy kids, like fans of like books with funny, sassy kids, like single mom books, um, low angst romances, which sometimes I really need that. And I have rom-coms also because this was, this was like the perfect rom-com. And it really was. <laughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. And it came at like the perfect time to like, I, I feel like I really needed this, like this funny book, like when I read it. So would you recommend this book? Um, Absolutely. This is one of those that everyone should read. It's so funny. Um, And honestly, again, we've been in such a reading funk lately. I think and it's not just us. It's it's across the board. We're seeing it with members of our tribe and we're seeing it on Bookstagram. And if you look at recent reviews and stuff like that, lots of people seem to be struggling right now. So if you need a book to get you out of a funk, I'm recommending yeah. Morningwood. I recommend this. I would, well, I have recommended it actually. Um, but I feel like it breaks up the chaos of like life right now because it's really lighthearted and that's sometimes exactly what you need. And yeah. I feel like that's a what a lot of people need right now because we're, I mean, we're coming up on a year of like chaos. Yeah. Well, and there's enough steam in it that it keeps you intrigued. It hits the romance and we get the HEA at the end. Yeah. Um, I like this that it's standalone. Sometimes we'll read a rom-com and it's really like two other stories have to go with it. Three yeah. other stories have to go with it because we've got a group of friends or something like yeah. this. This is 100% standalone. I do not... It didn't bring in any other friends or any other characters that... No, there weren't were any characters from any... Because like Katie and I think... Bo is the husband's name. Like they're already married. Like, and they didn't talk about any other friends or family. Yeah. Or it was a very small like cast of characters. Which sometimes I really enjoy that. And that's the thing. It is a strong book all on its own. It yep. is the true standalone. Yeah, and it's quintessential um, romantic comedy. So yeah, if you are looking for a romantic comic with a little bit of steam and spice. You should totally check out Morningwood. Definitely. Okay, you have to tell us we have to say goodbye. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You're in charge. <laughs> There's like awkward pause. I'm not going to let Michael edit that out either. I'm going to make everyone else hear our awkward pause. <laughs> no, I don't. Now no. she's going to die. Okay, I'll say you goodbye. Gotta do it. Oh my gosh. Everyone, thank you for joining us for this quick shot of romance. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.